Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church Karam Downs. Thank you, Pastor Alex. Praise God. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise God. Truly, we have a, an amazing worship team. I was just um, watching them really lead us to the presence of God, you know. It's so good that their heart is towards God. Like sometimes, I remember a long time ago when I, when I'm a, when I was a new Christian, I tried to um, worship that his song. It was, it was a great song, really catchy. I think some of you know it. It's like, I am a friend of God. You know that song? Yeah. And I tried to worship in that song one day, and then I just felt like I was stuck. I'm like, I'm trying to worship God. It's like, and I couldn't. And I realized the lyrics wasn't about Jesus at all. It was a song about me. He's like, I am a friend of God. He's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I was like, no wonder my spirit couldn't get to God because the song was all about me. And the worship team, you know, you know, praise God, you can't lead people to where you're not at. So well done to Aaron and the team and everyone's in it, you know, because if you don't understand that, then you'll pick a team that sort of will carry your heart. So if you are all about showmanship, then you'll pick a team that are like that. And so... You know, well done to the team, well done to everyone in, in leadership. So it's just so amazing. And another thing as well, am I echoing? Is it? It's all right. Um, you cannot separate what you believe from politics. Like, for example, if I believe there is no God, then my values will be a certain way. If I believe there is no God, then abortion is okay. It's like, well, if it bothers you, well, get rid of it. Um, if you get in the way of your career, get rid of it. You know, if there is no God, then what is marriage? You can just marry, divorce. Why marry in the first place? If, if there is no God, then I can do whatever I want. I used to have a saying before I got saved. It's like, it's only a crime if you get caught. I got caught. <laughs> Seriously, it's only, there's a saying, it's, it's only a crime if you get caught. So I would try to do everything I can while not being caught. It's, there is no sin, there is no reference. So, so you get following me? And so people say that there, there should be a separation between church and politics. It's, you carry, we are a spiritual creature. Whatever we believe in, we, we bring with us. And so if we don't believe in God, our values will determine that. Are you with me? So when the politicians are legislating sin, you know that whole stay away from politics thing? It's not, it's like you're trying to, you are trying to legislate how we worship that's an act of spiritual war. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like you're starting to invade how we worship and what we worship. So I, I personally think that's a, 
a, a great thing because the people of God are rising up. It's the biggest enemy to Christianity and to faith is actually comfort. Whenever the people of God in the Bible is persecuted, the the church thrive. You know, in the book of Exodus, when 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 Pharaoh started murdering um, the children of Israel, it says they multiplied even more. You know, whenever there's persecution, the church grew. Indonesia as well, uh, where I came from, apparently uh, it's about 10% born-again Christian. And the reason it became like it's a country of 250 million with 10% being 25 million. It became like that because there's, you know, the, the Muslims there just started going on a rampage, killing people. And in church, the church prayed. And after the church prayed, God moves being saved and so there's a mighty church there you know you know in Egypt there's a there's a prayer meeting that you need to get a ticket for it's held in a cave because it's that's the largest venue they've got undercover you need to get a ticket to go to the prayer meeting because it's that popular we are we need to return to that to that kind of faith you know in a lot of countries in the Middle East, in Muslim countries, believing in Jesus means losing everything. And they understand that. None of this believe in Jesus, you get a brand new car, you get famous Instagram followers, none of this. It's believe in Jesus and your family will disown you. Believe in Jesus, you might lose your country. So the question is, why should I believe in this Jesus? Because He's so, so real. And we are all appointed to die once and after that, the judgment. We will all stand before God. And that's why we need to, to accompany the preaching of the Word with signs and wonders because it's, it's saying, hey, then there's a resurrection coming. We will all be resurrected. Whether you like it or not, you will be resurrected. There's a resurrection of the just and there's a resurrection of the unjust. Are you following me? This is not a game. Eternal destinies are at stake. Amen? Praise God. So, today um, we're talking about worship. Hallelujah. Let's go to our first point. My first point is worship is about the dethroning of self and allowing God on the throne of our lives. Worship is about the King. So can you bring up that scripture, please, from Matthew chapter 6. <coughs> Whoa, that's big. <laughs> I'll read it to you. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap. This is Jesus talking. Now gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not more of, are, you are, are you not more of value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, or ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? 
What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear after all of these things? The Gentile seeks. For all these things, the Gentile seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day, it is its own trouble. All right, let's open up in prayer. God, thank You for revealing Yourself to us. You are so amazing, God. You are far more amazing than anything we can praise You with, God. There is no words to describe that is sufficient to describe You. Lord, I pray that the reality of, of You just gets bigger inside all of our hearts, God. We seek after You, God. We crave after You. We long after You. We want You, God. God, we want to see greater realm of manifestations and glory, God, so people can, can rest their faith in You and not in anything that we do here. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. By the way, hello to, to the Geelong crew. God bless you guys. I'm praying success for you. And uh, yes, I pray that God will gather a team that we're able to carry the load and, and spread the word. Um, and for those of you who are there, it's a, it's a baby. Remember, it's a baby. You don't ask a baby to support you. You support a baby. Okay? God bless you. Now, I'm just studying about church planning um, and how crucial it is to, to form a core group. A core group is a, is a team that will be able to carry the vision with you and how dangerous it is to have people who will, who instead of helping carry the load, they bring a load for you to carry. And, and the analogy is really that. It's like you don't ask a toddler to carry your bag. You carry the bag, the toddler's bag. You help it until it grows up. And so I pray that there is a team of laborers and workers that will come to you. So God bless. All right. I used to, for a long, long time, I used to come to God because I had a problem. Anyone knows what I'm talking about? The only time I used to come to God was because I was scared of things, scared of some problems. There's some problem that needs fixing. I need something or I want something. And it was actually not until, I know this is shocking, but about 2019 where I finally realized that, oh my goodness, I finally developed a relationship with God. Where before that, I had a, the, I had a theology of a relationship with God. Like if He came and talked to me, it's like I would say, Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Who heard that before? But it was not until 2019 that I finally developed a relationship with God. And it came after I decided that, you, you know, okay, Why, go back for a few notches. I used to have problems. It's not just me. It's, you know, when you, be, when you, when you become a pastor, it's not only your problem that you carry, it's people bring their problems to you, right? So you can be walking along and trying to fix your life 
And then there's other people that, that are dumping their, their, their luggages on you. Right? So you're now, that's how you develop a prayer life because you're trying to fix yourself and other people's. And I used to, um, I used to come to God and I just have problems after problems after problems after problems. And then after a few years of, of watching God just rescue me in the in a 11th hour, 59 minutes, after a while of that, I finally got tired. I think about five, after five years, I remember the day um, this prophetic person came along to me and goes, Lee, I see this, this, this demon is coming against you and he's going to attack this way and that way. It's going to attack this. And then I finally said, you know what? I've got demons been trying to kill me for five years and they haven't succeeded. So I said, if you can kill me, go and try it. Like, I'm not even going to pray anymore. After that day, all the problems just stopped. Because the demons were just trying to stress me out. And finally when I said, you know what? I got, I got everything trying to come against me for five years, just every month. There'd be new problems that you think would destroy you. Then I finally said, you know what? I'm sick of praying. I'm for, for my own safety. It's like for five years, I watched a demon trying to kill me. They haven't been able to. So he was like, if you can kill me, go and do it. I'm, gonna pray. I'm not going to pray anymore. And then my life shifted. It stopped. It's like the demon's like, oh no. It's like, what do we do now? It's like, we're going to go attack someone else. So I'm like, okay. Do not come to God only because you have, the, you have problems in your life. This is how you develop one of those drive-through prayer life. You know, some people think that prayer, the word prayer means coming to God with only petition and requests. So you come to God and say, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need that. Amen. And so this is why people say, you know, I don't know how to pray longer than five minutes. If that's your prayer life, then I wouldn't know either. Like to pray longer, then, then you've got to start praying for other things. Like, oh, pray for this, pray for that for your family. You can pray for things, right? And at the end of it, you still don't know the God that you're praying to. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. But here's the thing. Seek the king and you will get his things. Seek the king and you get the kingdom. You seek the things, you'll get nothing. That, that's actually a lot deeper than... You seek God for His things. It's like, it's like people that come to your house only when they want something. Right? They come to your house... Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I borrow this? Can I borrow? Can you help me out? And then, and then when they don't have any any needs, they never come visit you. Not a phone call, not a text. I know there's too many of you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, praise God. We are Christians here. You know what I mean? But if we come to God only because we need something, do we really know God? 
Do you know what he, what he likes? Do you know what he doesn't like? Do you know his personality? Or, or do you only know the theology of a person? Are you following me? Seek the king and you get everything. You know what revival is? When the king steps down. God does not anoint a system. God anoints a person. So people, like, you know, every year we're talking about, like, you know, God is doing a new thing. God will not anoint a structure. God anoints the person. God, Jesus, will come and help his friend. Hello. I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians 4.17. The team hasn't got this, but for our light affliction, which is but a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So look at God. And Isaiah 26 verse 3, I'll read it to you. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he's trusted in thee. If you, okay, if you come to God only because of your problems, chances are out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if the only way you connect to God is because of problem, chances are your heart is filled with too much problems. And the king, and whatever you are focused on, you manifest. So the more you focus on God, the more you manifest God. And one, one of those things that, that amazes me about like in a, uh, interacting with Ben Fitzgerald and Todd White is that they have a big God. Like if you talk to them, their God is able, their God is rich, their God is strong. But if you talk with, you know, you can talk to some people and out of their mouth nonstop is problems, 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 problems. That is not the posture of faith. If you keep speaking at that because your heart is full of that, and the reason your heart is full of that is because you're meditating constantly on problems, you will not be in a position of faith to be able to believe God for anything. Are you with me? So it's really, and, and here's the disclaimer, I'm not saying you cannot bring your problems to God. I'm just saying, do not come to God only when you have a problem. I know, I used to think that Every Africans are like really spiritual because I had this prophet though from Africa and he was really amazing. But then I started interacting with more and more Africans and I realised they're the same. They're humans. But some of them are on fire in Africa because back in Africa, they need God to just to eat. They need God to not die and get shot. So the minute that danger is gone, they stop seeking God because they never attach themselves to God because they, they love God, is because they come to God because they need something. And when they don't need anything, they stop seeking God. Yeah. And as a pastor, I've seen this. There's, this, there's people that come to church when their life is falling apart. They come to church for a while, God fixes them, and then they fall away until the next time they have a problem.
You know, like we're, we're called to help people, but it's, it's a little bit frustrating because we want people to love God and be able to solve their problems with God. God wants to solve your problem with you. God wants to walk with you. Right? The role of the minister, the fivefold minister, is to equip the saints for the saints to be able to connect to God. We're, we're actually supposed to work ourselves out of a job. And, I, and I've been in this position where I try to, I think I was the, the, the solution to everyone's problem. I nearly died. Because like, everyone kept bringing their problems to me. And I realized that I need sleep, I need rest, I need to connect to God, I need to fill myself with God. And if I'm just spending our time pouring out, it's like I'll run out of, I'll run out of mental, emotional, spiritual strength. Amen? So seek God. That's the whole point. Seek God. Seek the King. Second and final point. <laughs> Short sermon in Jesus' name. There is always more. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. The word diligently is the Greek word I haven't checked with my Greek expert. Oh, I did check. They didn't understand what I was saying. Because <laughs> some of the Greek words are ancient and they, they, don't use, they, they don't use it in modern day language. So it's exeteo. I asked Victoria, I was like, exeteo, do you know what that means? She's like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, praise God. To investigate, it means to investigate, to crave, to demand, to worship, to seek after diligently. But without faith, it's... Because some words have no direct equivalent. Like some word is richer. I use this analogy, like, you know, the Eskimos has about, like, I don't know, like 30 plus words for snow. Because, because that's all they've got. <laughs> so they have... So they have light snow, heavy snow, cold snow, not so cold snow. You know, like, for us, it's just snow. But some, some languages are, are richer than, than English. Like, for example, love, right? English language, love, love. Everything's love, love. But in the Greek, there's like six different words, right? So it's like that, exeter, diligently to investigate, to crave, to demand, to worship, to seek after, and to be diligent. So those who come to God must, must believe that He is and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him, crave after Him, long after Him, searching for Him, to want Him. I'm going to read to you from Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 10. I think I have this. Right? I'm going to go from 1 to 3, but it's the whole story, but it's too long. So I'm only going to go verse 1 to 3, then verse 10 to 13. So this is the story of, the book of Daniel is amazing. It's about, um, about how there's a group of Jewish people who, who choose to stand for God. Initially, he goes, I don't want to eat food that are sacrificed to idols. So he decided to eat vegetarian he doesn't want to eat any of Nebuchadnezzar's food or wine. And he says, after 10 days, they look fatter. They look healthier. 
which is amazing because normally you lose weight when you go on the vegetarian diet. And so Daniel and the children of Israel choose to stand for God and God made them healthier. Then the second time was when the three children of Israel was asked to bow down to um, Nebuchadnezzar's statue and then they refused, got thrown into a furnace and then they live because they choose to side with God. And finally, they were told not to pray and Daniel kept praying and he got thrown into the lion's den. I just thought, wow, this is amazing because that's kind of us in, um, in this season where we have to choose, you know, are we going to follow God or are we going to bow down and compromise a little bit? Or are we just going to go, you know what? Like, you know, send us to, to the courts. And by the way, we, we learned that all three cases about um, people pushing back have won because these laws are unjust and untested. And what it requires is actually a bunch of people crazy enough to go, you know what, take me to court. Pastor Alex, we will bail you out. <laughs> Sausage sizzle, raise funds for you, praise God. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but Pastor Dan says like, it doesn't matter. Well, what do you say? It doesn't matter how much they, they fine you. Man. It's like, you know, like 100,000, 100 million. It's like, we'll fight this. Yeah. <laughs> Blood's on my hand. What? <laughs> on your hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... It is, you know, the Bible tells us to preach the full counsel of God. And it's something that, you know, I've been reading about where if I'm afraid of rocking the boat and I won't preach to you the full counsel of God, the Bible says God, when Jesus comes back, He will beat you with many blows. I don't know. I'll show you the, the Scripture. It says that like people think that Jesus is like a big teddy bear when he comes back. He's the king of kings. You know that lamb, that came the first time. It's the lion that's coming back. It says, preach the full counsel of God. So we're going to preach it not because out of anger, but because we care. It's like if you, if you, appear before Jesus and he throws you into a hell and, it's, and I didn't preach the full gospel because I'm scared of losing you, the blood's on my hand. So it's like, at the same time, we're not supposed to do it out of anger. We're not supposed to like, oh, yeah. It's like, hey, man, it's like, this is what the Bible says. You need to have a fear of God. All right. So Daniel... Okay, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. The message was through, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I had no pleasant food, no meat or wine came to my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Skip to verse 10. Then suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And an angel appeared to him and says, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I've been sent to you. While he was speaking this word, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand 
and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone with the king of Persia. The point is this. The book of Daniel is really about Daniel praying into visions and getting deeper understandings. So he started understanding, then he got another vision that he didn't understand. So he started praying and fasting about that. And then an angel turned up again, explained that, vi- that vision with more vision. Then he got confused, so he started fasting again. Yep. So the whole point is you can keep seeking God for greater revelation and greater understanding. Last week we talked about uh, this, you know, you got to keep asking Keep seeking, keep knocking. Look, Luke 11, verse 9 to 13. So I say to you, and it'll be ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it'll be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In the Bible, in the Gospel of John, it says before Jesus departed, He said, Jesus breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. So there's an impartation of the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John. And in Acts chapter 2, it says the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Right? The baptism, the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved. The first Pentecostal megachurch. Everyone spoke in tongues. There was 3,000 men and women and children. It was a megachurch and everyone's a Pentecostal. There was no other church. You can't join any other denomination. There was none. It was only the Pentecostal church down the road. Crazy Pentecostals. Got that from David Hall, keeping it. The point is this, and then in Acts chapter 4, there was persecution that broke out. And then the disciples prayed, and He says they were, the place was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit again. So I'm saying that's three instances where, there's a, where the people got baptised. Get this, our God is bigger than this world. God is bigger than heaven's. Before He created heavens, there was God. God created space and time. He is infinite, if you can grasp that. So how can we get the fullness of Him when He's infinite? You get that? He's infinite, we're finite. Have you seen a picture of the, of the earth, in, like in the solar system? I saw this picture of, a, of the earth being shown in one space one beam of, of light from the sun, and it looks like a, like a speck. That's our earth, and we are a speck on a speck. So how can we get the fullness of God while we are this small? Are you following me? What I'm trying to say is that there always be more of God. I'm going to give you an example I love this revival. It's a Duncan Campbell revival of the, about 100 years ago, right? This is what he says. Then I would like to make it perfectly clear what I understand of revival. When I speak of revival, I'm not thinking of high-pressure evangelism. 
I'm not thinking of crusades or special efforts convened and organised by man. That is not in my mind at all. Revival is something altogether different from evangelism on its highest level. Revival is a moving of God in a community and suddenly the community become God conscious before a word is said by any man representing any special effort. There was this example. There were over 100 people at the dance and the parish hall and this, that's like a, like a disco for them. This is like going back 100 years ago. So that's like a dance party. For us, we go, that's pretty tame. But back then that was wild, okay? So 100 young people partying at a dance party in the parish hall and they weren't thinking about God or eternity. God was not at all in their thoughts. They were there to have a good night when suddenly the power of God fell upon the dance. The music ceased in a matter of minutes. The hall was empty. They fled from the hall as a man fleeing from, fleeing from a plague and they made for the church. They are now standing outside. Oh yes, they saw lights in the church. This is like a four in the morning. That was the house of God and they were going to it and they went. Men and women who had gone to bed rose, dressed and made for the church. Nothing in the way of publicity. No one told them anything. No mention of a special effort except an intonation from the pulpit on Sabbath that a certain man was going to be conducting a series of meetings. That's him. In the parish covering 10 days. But God took the situation in hand. He became His own publicity agent. A hunger and thirst gripped the people. 600 of them now standing outside the church. Then that meeting went on for a couple more hours and someone stopped him and goes, can you come to the police station? And he goes, what's the problem there? Nothing, except that 400 people have turned up. <laughs> they don't know where to go. They were not saved. So people just had this awareness of God. So they go, they walked around the street and they assembled at the police station. So he went over to the police station and ran a service. There's always more. We're seeing God move, heal the sick, cast out a few demons here and there every few months or so. But God has more for us. Whatever we think we have, there's always more. And this is what God wants us to do, to keep seeking after it. Amen. But before we go there, and after this, can I invite the, the worship team, please? The whole point of worship, right, is that we're worshipping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But I want to read to you from Matthew 22, verse, verse 9 to 13. So that's a story of, of Jesus inviting people to come into His house. And He says, it's a story of a, of a king that's inviting people to his, to his palace. And he says, verse 9, Go into the highways and find as many as you find. Invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. And he said to them, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Verse 13. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot. Listen to me. Bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
So it goes like this. So there was a king having a celebration. The people that he invited didn't want to come. So he said to his servants, go outside and invite everyone. So everyone came in. It says both good and bad. Then, then the king came and saw them and goes, there was this one guy, his garments was not changed. How do you receive a white garment in the Bible? You have to repent and believe in Jesus and He give you a white robe. So there was people in there whose garments were still dirty. They were unrepentant. They have not been given a new garment. They were still in their sins. And Jesus says, and the King says, bind him hand and foot and throw him out. This is why I personally um, struggle with the whole, hey, just pray this prayer and you're good. If we don't include the repentance message, you can't tell people it's like, hey, you, you're okay because God is love. And then there's the whole thing about unconditional love. So God is love and then there's unconditional love, which means there is no change. There's no condition. It means I don't need to change. It means I was in sin one minute, I received forgiveness and I'm still continuing in my sin. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, we are dead in trespasses and sins. We need to turn around and follow Him who is the way, the truth and the life. Friends, friends, friends. If you pray the prayer, but you still haven't followed Jesus, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that you are okay. It's not pray this prayer and you're okay. You need to follow Jesus. In the Bible, Jesus gave an altar call. He says, follow me, not pray this prayer. If we don't follow Him, you are still dead in your trespasses and sins. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying that you've got until the day you stand before God to fix that. But if I keep telling you that you're okay, you're okay, God loves you, it's unconditional, and then you die and God cuts you out, your blood will be on my hand if I didn't tell you that. So I'm not telling you this because I'm angry. I'm telling you this because I care. I want you to come into heaven. I want you to stand before God and receive a big hug. He loves you. But His love is not just a, hey, pray this prayer. His love made a provision for the removal and the breaking of the power of sins. Then He says, come and follow me because my yoke is easy. My burden is light and I love you. It's like, come and just follow me. So today, I'm gonna give an invitation. Can I get every head bowed? I know this salvation call, I'm meant to dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit because I actually haven't made this altar call pleasant at all. I have not made it nice and fluffy and... (laughs) But I'm asking for your soul. Are you following Jesus? Do you even know what He requires? Have you read the Bible? Do you know what it says? Do you know what pleases Him? Do you know what displeases Him? Are you following Jesus?
So if that's you and you say, you know what? I don't know if I've been following Him. I've been receiving His benefits, but I have not followed Him. And you know what? There's something in your words that's speaking to my heart. And today I would like to follow Jesus. Lift up your hand. Wow, thank you, Lord. I see that. Is there anyone else? <laughs> thank you, Lord. No, seriously. The Bible tells us that those who continue in drunkenness, in fornication, in adultery, in all these things, I'm not going to get into it. Israel Falaga got in trouble for that. If you continue those things, when you stand before God, He might say to you, bind them hand and foot and cast them out. It's not a condemning word. It's a sobering word. So if that's you and you know you're not right with God, lift up your hand. Last time. Thank you. Bless you. All right, let's, let's all repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank You so much for dying on the cross to be my sacrifice. Thank You for forgiving me out of my sins. And thank You for breaking the power of sin itself. And thank You for making me a new creation. Today, I choose to follow You. And not only today, I will keep chasing You for the rest of my life until we see each other face to face. So help me God, in Jesus' Name. Why don't we give a round of applause for those people. Let me just pray a little bit. Father, I pray that You increase the level of Your Holy Spirit in this place, God. It says Your Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. We need You, God. Help me to just increase in my devotion and holiness to You as well. Forgive me where, where I fall short. Forgive everyone where they fall short, God, in their efforts of chasing You. Help us, God, to become this bride that's without wrinkle and, and spot, Lord. A bride that You'll be proud to embrace who looks exactly just like You. In Jesus' Name. So now, I'm going to invite you, if you want prayer later on, come after the, the song. But we're going to just stand up and put into practice the message. Can we just stand up and worship God, but for the next five, ten minutes, really give it our all? Just dropping the problems, dropping the cares, dropping the worries, and actually just giving glory to God. And not be passive, but praise Him. Give Him thanks, give Him love, give Him adoration. Can we do that, church? Thanks Come on, let's for listening go. to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.